Well, welcome tonight to the study and prayer time. Welcome those online as well. And we're looking at 1 John 5. We're turning to 1 John 5. Verse 10. We'll read down to 12. 1 John 5.10 He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not hath made him a liar, because he hath believed not the record that God gave his, of his Son. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. So we've looked at the, or we've looked at three of the witnesses. There are four here, fourfold witness, and the accuracy of the witnesses are seen. We've seen the spiritual witness of the Son in verse six. Then we looked at the spiritual witness to the saint in verse seven and eight. Those disputed verses, and then. We've seen the Father's supreme witness of the Son in verse 9 last week. And that is all verified. Remember, we're looking at the miracles after miracle. 34 miracles plus 20 that the apostles did and the miracle before the Lord was born in his conception and all that happened there. And so the verification, the witness of God to his Son was last week. The supreme witness there. Tonight we look at the Spirit's special witness within the believer, verses 10 to 12. Let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for these witnesses. Thank you that they are true, unchanging, and forever. And Lord, we thank you that we have the witness of the Spirit within that you have given us. And I pray, Lord, that as we fellowship one another, we'd know about that witness and how we can say, as it were, amen, amen to the things that are said by our fellow Christians who, are, who also have the Holy Spirit and are led through the word of God. Lord, I pray that we might say amen to the truth tonight and back the witnesses that have been given to us. And thank you for the witness within us. Bless the time together in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> okay. Okay. <clears throat> The Spirit's special witness within the believer. This is verses um, 10 to 12, as we mentioned. The witnesses of verse 6 and 9, as we've already covered and I mentioned them, have been external witnesses. And there yet remains this one who can only be heard by the person that has the witness within. Because if you don't have the Spirit, you don't have the witness and you can't say, Amen. You can't say, I believe, I I agree with what the word says and with what other Christians who, who have the spirit say also. It's an internal witness. The others have been external witnesses. Verses 6 to 9, now the internal. The reality of the witness in verse 10. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. Uh, <clears throat> the other witnesses, it's been said, were objective and outward. This one is subjective and inward. Others can't hear what he's saying to you. It's inward. Yet it's genuine. It's for real. It is, he is there because we know <laughs> from experience and from being Christians for a time that this is true. 
The source of the witness is seen in verse 10. It's of God. He comes from God and is sent from there to us and indwells a believer. Can you think of verses that say this? That the Christian is indwelt by this witness. Uh, yes. Okay. 4.30. Yeah, in Ephesians there's two there. That we have the spirit of God. A couple of other ones. We go to the ones that maybe not used as much. Uh, Romans 8. Verse 15, the last half and verse 16, ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We agree, Abba, Father. <laughs> the spirit himself beareth witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. So his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And you read the scripture and the spirit speaks and the preacher preaches and the spirit moves. You see, yep, I agree. And the Spirit of God teaches us. And Galatians 4, another one in verse 6, the source of the witness is God. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. You know, you're in there, you agree. So Abba, Father, the reality of the witness. The source of the witness is God. The possessor of, the, of this witness is he that believeth, as it is in verse 10. He that believeth on the Son of God, the believer, believing and receiving are synonymous acts. John 1.12 says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So the possessor of the witnesses, he that believeth. Uh, <clears> that tells us many, many times and many places, this very thing in Romans 10 and verse 9 that we're going to be finishing, Lord willing, on Sunday morning. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. The source of the witness is God and he comes to us when we believe. And it reads on, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. We'll leave that for Sunday. So the source of the witness is God. The possessor of this witness is he that believeth. And the location of the witness hath a witness within himself. It's not... It's, let's say, he is not impersonal. He's not detached. He, the spirit of God, the witness within us, is a person and is internal. And in the book of Ephesians that we've referred to before... Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30, it says there, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. How do, you, how do we know he's a person that's internal within us and witnesses to us? Because it says in that verse, he can be grieved. Persons can be grieved. A cow might get angry if you do something to it or a lion, but the Holy Spirit is grieved. Not the Holy Spirit of God, by whom ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. As it tells us there in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30. <clears throat> Grieve not. And right down to verse 32. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamour and evil speaking be put away from among you with all malice. And when we have <laughs> the Holy Spirit witnessing within us, and we, we as Christians commit sin... Th that's what this verse is saying. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and, and clamour and evil speak. If that happens and we're doing that, the spirit is grieved 
and that witness isn't as strong as it should be or would be if we were walking close to the Lord. As it says, and be ye kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another. And so <clears throat> let God work in us. Don't grieve the one that's given as a witness to you in your life. And what's the other thing that we can do? And it shows that the, this witness quench. And that's in First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 19. I might be the shortest New Testament verse. Quench not the spirit. Quench not the spirit. <clears throat> No, pour cold water and quench the spirit by our wrong behaviour. So the possessor of the witness is he that believeth. The location of the witness hath the witness in himself. and <clears throat> It's a personal witness. And God indwells every believer. If God doesn't indwell a person, he is not saved. He's not a Christian. Um, <clears throat> the substance of the witness, he is a providential gift. He has been given. Verse 11, back in John 5. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in his son. So he's been, when we get saved, the spirit is given. It's a, it's, he is provided as a gift. I keep saying it, it. He, he is provided as a gift. And it's undeserved, um, <clears throat> unearned. We can't pay for it. We receive it and praise God that we did and we didn't even know it when we got saved. Maybe we did, maybe we'd been taught a little bit and understood some things. It's a past gift. In verse 11 it says, hath given. So when did that happen? When we believe, when we got saved. It, he has been given according <coughs> to verse 11. Oh, looking at Thessalonians hath given us and so it's past it's providential gift the the holy spirit he is a present possession hath given eternal life that means from that point when he was given hath given in the past from then on we have a present possession at all times be quenched yep be grieved yes when we sin but leave us no no we're sealed unto the day of you say, yes. <laughs> and what is the day of redemption? You need to understand that verse. The day of redemption is when our whole, our body, soul, and spirit. You see, you say, well, I got saved. I, I was redeemed by the blood. We sin, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. <laughs> yeah, but the body is still the old, corrupt one that we have. We'll have an internal one, and the adoption will be completed on that time, and uh, we'll we'll have that forever. Ephesians. Yep, that's right. No more sin nature. He's raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Past act with present abiding results. And so <clears throat> the substance of this witness it is providentially given a gift. It's a past action, hath given. It's a present possession and it's a permanent gift. It says eternally. Since God is eternal, the life that he gives and he is in us, we are eternal in this newfound faith and salvation that we have. John 10, 28, I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. You see the importance of having the gift. If we don't have the, the gift of the Holy Spirit 
We don't have the presence of the Holy Spirit. We don't know the reality of the witness within us. Are we saved? You know, people can put it on. People can come. Children can come. And go right through Sunday school and youth. And they can do all the things that are said. But have they the witness within themselves? Do they have the desire themselves to read the word? Do they have the desire to pray? Do they have the desire to be in fellowship? Do they have desire to be with Christians rather than non-Christians? Uh, <clears throat> so it's a permanent gift. He is a permanent gift and he's a personal gift to us. It says in verse 11, 1 John 5. So the reality of the witness is seen in the substance in these things, providentially given in the past, a present possession, permanent gift and a personal gift to us. Now, <clears throat> you've, we've all had things given to us. Some things more valuable than other things. Some things might not be of a great value, but because it was a sacrifice of the person that gave it, it is of great value. But God gave this to us. It's of great value, and we ought to appreciate this. It, we didn't ask for it. He came knocking. He didn't seek, we didn't seek him. He sought us that we might have this witness, the reality of this witness within us as he gives us the Holy Spirit. Um, <clears throat> so that's reality of the witness, the reception of the witness. And uh, maybe it goes over a bit the same, but the witness is received by faith. He that believeth, it says there in verse 10, hath the witness in himself. And faith is a necessary ingredient. We looked at believe before, but faith. And there are some key verses in the book of Hebrews that we ought to remember. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2. Unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them, the unsaved, but the word preached did not profit them, unsaved, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. And so <clears throat> the reception of this witness is he is received, received by faith. As we believe on the Lord and what he's done, we receive this, this witness, the Holy Spirit. So have you the word in your head or in your heart? By faith, believed and received eternal life. The witness results in life. And this is the record that God hath given us his son. And, this, and the life we have is in his son. It results in life. Life eternal, not just life down here. And when you talk to unsaved people and they've lived a long life and they're still unsaved and you think they've missed out on the main thing of life. The most important thing they've missed out on is eternal life. They've been born here that they might be born again and they haven't believed. They haven't received. They haven't by faith accepted the Lord. Without faith it's impossible to please him. He that cometh to God must what? Believe that he is and rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So reception of the witness by faith. The result is life. And this is the record that we've said. And the witness involves receiving the son. And this life is in his son. No one can have life without the son. It says in John 11:25, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and life. Bernie knows this one, <laughs> preaching on Sunday night. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. 
And so it <coughs> involves receiving the Son when we receive the Holy Spirit. John 14, 6. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Very simple things, but profound in their effect upon our lives. So we've seen the reality of the witness, the reception of the witness, and then in verse 10, the rejection of the witness in the middle of verse 10. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his son. The consequences of rejecting the witness that God gives by his spirit to us. Then question. <clears throat> Does the Holy Spirit speak to a non-believing person? Is there a scripture verse to back up what you think? He came to convict the world of what? Sin, righteousness and judgment to come. He must be able to speak to an unsaved person. And Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4 and 6. You know, you, you've tasted the good word of God. You've heard it. you tasted it. But you don't swallow it. If you fall away from that point of repenting and turning to the Lord, there's, there's no other way. You, you've, you've wasted an opportunity. Yeah. Otherwise, how do we get saved? <laughs> Without the Spirit working in our lives and convicting us of sin, righteousness, judgment to come. What was it? <laughs> yeah. I know Mr. Brunken, that's the point where he always sat. <laughs> he, he, he said what moved him to God because of his background and the hard things he had to go through and losing his father and all the things that happened there in the war. What was it that drew Mr. Brunkin? It was love. Yes. What, that's what spoke to him the most. He testified to that. But what was it that drew you? What was it the Holy Spirit used to convict you about becoming a Christian? See, we're all different. Mine, for me, it was things to come. You know, am I ready? What's going to happen when I die? And, and that, you know, things to come, where I go afterward. And it was, it was serious business when he was speaking without, incessantly, I could say, without stop to, to me about becoming a Christian. And the consequences of rejecting is making God a liar, as it says there in verse 10, the last half of verse 10. You reject the witness, you make God a liar. Um, <clears throat> it is utter foolishness to call God a liar. But billions, majority of people in this world do. Why? Because they're not saved. Sometime God will, at some time in their life, God will speak to them through somebody or something they hear or a gospel message or a tract. And the Holy Spirit can take that and witness of the salvation they can have to them. And if they say, no, I don't believe it, you make God a liar can you you can make God a liar but he, is he a liar no you've only said so in your own wicked heart and it's a, a terrible situation to be in to have heard and rejected the message in th third gospel, uh, chapter of John it says in verse 18 he that believeth on the son is not contemned, condemned but he that believeth not calling God a liar is condemned 
Um, <clears throat> he that believeth not is not condemned is is not is condemned already. But he that hath not he hath not believed on the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. No, I'm enjoying life too much. No, I'm having too much fun. No, I don't believe that. You call God a liar. Everyone that doth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Reproved by God. He that doth truth cometh to the light, and his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought of God. Come out into the light and expose yourself to the gospel, to the Lord Jesus, and be saved, and don't call God a liar. And so <clears throat> men still believe the lie that Satan spread way back in the Garden of Eden. You shall not surely die. Millions, billions of people, no, you won't die. That preacher, that Christian is talking stuff that's not true. You won't die. <laughs> you will die and you'll die not only once, you'll die twice because the second death comes on those that do not believe. And <clears throat> it's very serious. 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 8 to 11. There, that's... Um, this one really stood out when Brother Weeks preached on it once here many, many years ago. And flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel. The witness of the Holy Spirit comes upon them. They hear the message, they understand the message, and they say, no, they obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. So the rejection of the witness makes, or they call God a liar, doesn't make him a liar. He who rejects the witness hath not the Son, as it says in, in the verse there, <clears throat> verse 12, he that, hath the son, he that hath the Son hath life, he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. And... <clears throat> Jesus argued with the Pharisees when he was down here, the religious leaders. In John's Gospel, we have a record of one of those occasions, chapter 5 and verse 36. But I have greater witness than that of John. For the works which the Father hath given me to finish, the same works that I do bear witness of me. We looked at that last week, all the miracles that he did that the Father has sent me. This is the witness. You've seen these things. You've lived and seen them. And the Father himself who has sent me hath borne witness of me. Ye have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his shape. And ye have not his word abiding in you. For whom he hath sent, ye believed not. Him ye believe not. So he, the Lord's saying, I have been sent. You don't believe in me. You're condemned. You have not got the Son, and you won't have, and you haven't got life. I am come in my Father's name, that ye, and ye receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him you will receive. Who's that speaking about? Here's the Holy Spirit striving with these people. Jesus is present. He's doing the miracles. They had no. Another will come in his own name, and who is it? It's the Antichrist. It's going to happen soon. The guy might be alive now. And him you will receive. 
it's like, oh, we missed out the first time, we wanted no, the second one. Well, <laughs> no, not that at all. They don't want to believe the truth. Very hard-hearted. He who rejects the witness hath not life, as it says in verse 12. He that hath the Son hath life, he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. You might have a bit of physical life in you, but you haven't got spiritual life. No son, no life. It's as simple as that. Eternal life cannot be earned. It's found in Christ alone. Any system which does not give Christ his proper place cannot bring eternal life to an individual. It's a present permanent possession, eternal life. He that that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. He that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. And we can read of the consequences of those that will not receive the witness. Don't say no. In my letter to the Knesset, I said <clears throat> that there's going to come one in his own name and present himself and people will receive him and I just wrote at the end of the sentence don't but they will I mean it's written in scripture that they will but don't and if you're here tonight and God's spirit has spoken to you or is speaking to you or is at home spoken when you're reading or when you're driving along the Holy Spirit can at any time come a witness of God to you don't say no don't say no. It's the worst decision that anyone can ever make in all of their existence from now into eternity. Don't say no to the true witness of God. Look what happened to the Jews. 2,000 years have been subjected to all the punishment because they said no. They blasphemed God. Okay, that's the witnesses done. The four witnesses that we have there. <clears throat>